Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. If you come to the end of your life, and you have even a few really good friends, I mean friends that love you and pray for you and would sacrifice for you, then God has blessed your life. I have several friends like that, and I am so proud to have one of them with me today. And I'm going to interview one of my great friends, and you're going to love this interview. Hello, I'm Mark Rutland. This is The Leader's Notebook. I do some teaching on The Leader's Notebook, but sometimes I like to pause and do an interview. The next two weeks are going to be interviews uh, relative to Global Servants, the ministry that my wife and I began in 1977 and now is an international ministry beyond anything we ever dreamed it would be. And now our son is the international president. But one of the things that happened early on in my ministry was that God supernaturally opened the door to West Africa. And in that first first adventure to West Africa in 1982, I made a friend God brought me a friend, I should say, that has been one of the great blessings of my life. Today, I'm delighted to introduce to you the former International Director of West Africa for Global Servants, Trinity Foundation, as it's called in West Africa. Well, Sammy, I'm so delighted to have you here in the podcast studio at the headquarters for Global Servants. When I think back to how we began so many years ago in 1982, what is now in West Africa alone completely amazes me. It is true. I didn't, uh, I didn't envision it. When we started, I didn't have all this in mind, did you? No, I never did. We, uh, we just started doing uh, crusades. Crusades, yes. And then uh, some of the other things. Talk about some of the other kinds of ministries that you and I started in the early 80s. So we did the crusades on the streets. We show the Jesus movie most of the time and some other films that you brought along. And then we went to the police station work where we moved from one police princess to the other, uh, sharing the gospel with the policemen. Then we go into their holdings, jails where we will preach to the inmates they, they kept there. Then we did fire service. Fire stations, yeah. We call them fire service, and then we shared the gospel with the workers. Then sometimes, too, we went to uh, schools, high schools, and we had meetings with both students and uh, the uh, teachers. Then we did SU programs. We went to camps where we stay with them, and then we preach to the students who come in to the SU camps. So we did all kinds of things there. Of course, for the uh, American audience, I know we have people all over the world, but mm. for the American audience, they may not know SU. It means Scripture Union. Scripture, yes. It's a very, very uh, strong ministry that began in, in Britain. Yes. But it's actually, I think, stronger today in Africa than anywhere. Yes, it's true. And we did SU camps, camps. and SU meetings, meetings. in yes. schools, colleges, universities, everything from... Tiny little elementary schools to Kumasi Technical College. <laughs> yes, it's true. I, I think back to those. You mentioned the times when we went to the police stations, mm -hmm. and the um, and we 
did devotions with the policemen. Policemen, yes. There was no chaplain service. So no. we, Global Servants, we called it Trinity Foundation in Ghana. Yes. Trinity Foundation really sort of became the chaplaincy for the National Police Force. Yeah, in Ashanti region. In Ashanti region. Yes. And we, we went to many, many stations. Yes. And it, the exciting part was when American policemen came to Ghana in their uniform. Then we went to the police stations and they preached to their Ghanaian policemen in their uniform. And that was very exciting. I remember that group of policemen who came several. Yes. And uh, and would wear their American police. Some were active policemen uh -huh. and some were retired, but they had their American uniforms. Yes. At various levels, highway patrol, city yes. police, um, whatever. It was, that was very, very fun. Very exciting, yes. For me, some of the most engaging and powerful times were when we went into the jails, into the holdings, as you call them. Yes. Into those jails. They were so terrible. Very those bad. Little, those little local jails. They were very bad. Very dirty. Very dirty. Stinky. Yeah. The smell was the smell was overpowering. Very in bad. fact, sometimes we would take group with us, and you uh, and I were the only <laughs> ones that, that could go in. Yes. The other guys hold their handkerchief to their nose and run for it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, another exciting work was the work among the prisoners mm. in Kumasi. At the central prison. At the central, central prison. penitentiary, we yes. would say. Uh -huh. And uh, the exciting ones were when the choir sang. Mm. So melodious. Wonderful. I've always, I've traveled all over the world. I've heard choirs at great, great churches. One of the best choirs I've ever heard in my life was the men's choir, choir from Central, Central Prison, Prison in yes. Kumasi. They have some of the choir, choiristers will sing like ladies and you'll be surprised. Very high falsetto. Yes. Miss some with bass voices that sound yes. like a, a, a low range you think you no, no human being could get. Yes. It was so beautiful. So yes. beautiful. Those uh, those jails, those little holding jails, I've always said, I don't ever have to see hell. Mm. I don't ever have to see hell. I've mm. seen hell. Yeah. It, it, it is an African jail. It's true. It was so awful. Yeah. I remember one occasion, do you remember when we came into the jail cell, nobody even told them who we were. Mm -hmm. They unlocked the door and we walked in, 25, 30 men jammed in a small room, mm. Uh, some of them, the guards had taken their clothes. They mm. were naked and it was awful. Yes. And one man came immediately and fell Found down before that, us. Yes. You remember that? Yes. Tell, tell about that. Yeah. He, he had been in the prison for a long time. And I think before coming in there, he didn't know much about the Lord at all. And so when we, uh, they opened the gates for us to enter to go and preach and he saw us. I think the Holy Spirit convicted him mm. and he came falling down before us. He just walked in. We didn't say a word. No. No sermon or anything. He just fell down before us yes. and received the Lord as his Savior. Yes, it's true. I, I, I know that afterward, many of those prisoners, when they were released, yeah. you helped them get back on their feet yes. also. So a number of them will come to church and then later, you know, we will have to financially help some of them to get transport back to their villages where, because... The Kumasi Central Prison, it's like for the whole region. So they, they bring them from various, we call them districts mm. across the region. So when they bring them in, they don't allow relatives to come and visit them or they may not even know that they are in Kumasi mm. and they stay there for years, sometimes 20 years. 
And when they are released, they will need funds to travel back. So when they let us know, then we have to go and help them financially to get transport back. And sometimes clothing too, because they would have taken away their clothing 20 years and they wouldn't even know where the addresses may be. Absolutely. It, it was pathetic. Mm. They're arrested in uh, Takaradi or something. Yeah put in prison, their family doesn't know where they are mm -hmm. for 20 years, everybody's forgotten them, they yes. think they're dead, they have no clothes, they have no money, mm -hmm. nothing, they've lived on prison food and worn yes. those terrible prison uniforms, the little shorts and khaki yes. shirt and everything for 20 years, they're ragged, they have mm -hmm. nothing, mm -hmm. their sentence is over, they put them out in the street in Kumasi, yes. and there's no hope for them, yes. apart from uh, from your work with them. Yes. And it, it never failed to touch me how many of them loved you and, and remembered the work you did for them. There were times when you would send uh, boxes of clothing for us to go and distribute to the prisoners, and it was very touching. Americans were eager to help, and yes, and uh, we were delighted to bring those things and yes. to distribute them, and and then uh, and then we had ministry with the guards. Yes, the the bad thing about a brutal prison is that it doesn't just brutalize the prisoners; it brutalizes the guards too. too. Yes, it's true. And uh, we were we were blessed to have ministry with the guards and with the policemen as well. Yes, the Friday officers' service was one thing which was very dear. And I made sure that when I heard you be coming, I would go and see the commander to ask for permission to let you preach in there. And uh, I think they really were happy each time you came. I loved it too. Um, then after our time there, the, the, the government brought in uh, a chaplain. Yes, to the police station. So in a way, we kind of spawned the chaplain service yes, for, for the true. nation of Ghana. Yes, yes it's true. And then, uh, then you began planting churches. We have these churches all over Ghana and West Togo, Africa, yes. Benin, yes. Cote d'Ivoire, Burkina Faso, mm. and now the headquarters in Anwamaso, yeah. outside of Kumasi. Mm. Uh, describe, if you can, so people could see it, if they could look in some kind of a camera and see that mission compound, the, the Trinity Foundation Global Servants mission compound in Anwamaso. What would they see if they could see it? To start with, when you came in, the first time you came in 82, I was living in the Scripture Union rented premises, way near the uh, police training depot. Then after about eight years working with Scripture Union, combining with helping you each time you came, it became necessary that I resigned from Scripture Union and then uh, you sent help for us to build a five-bedroom house on the Aumaso property. So I, I don't think of myself as a thief, but I, no, I no. am proud I stole you away from <laughs> Scripture Union. <laughs> That's interesting. Yes. But it has been a great help to me and my family too. Apart from the ministry expansion we've seen, it has been a great blessing. Now, when we moved in there um, and we were having to move out of the police a former working and because they brought the chaplain, he didn't like the idea of evangelizing around the city or the police stations. He said he's been sent there to build a police church. So he was thinking of one auditorium and he being the chaplain there. Mm. So we've had to pull out. And then some of the policemen said, start church so that we would attend yours. And yes. we did that. So that led us into the starting of churches. So we did one in Kumasi, 
we in the city, we rented the school premises, a public school, and we had it in a classroom. And we began having problems with the authorities using the school classroom. Two their churches or desks for the students were too small for the adults, you uh, know, church course. members. So we had to start one in Angomaso. So we, we built a small room and we started having church there. Then as we were going around doing the evangelism with crusades around the country, the idea of starting more churches came up. Mm. So uh, Angomaso became the headquarters. And now we have a school there with about 500 kids, starting from Kretsch to junior high at three. Five, 500 students or more. That's, that's a substantial school, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. It's quite big. And recently we've added, apart from the classrooms for all the ages, from Kretsch to the JSS, we now have added science lab, a cafeteria, uh, a, sci- a, a, a computer lab, and then a library. And we have a school kitchen where we cook for the kids. We have about five, uh, 50 teachers, you know, who going around the classrooms and with a number of them, uh, cooks and laborers who clear the compound and so on. So it's a very big work that God has helped you, use you to help us to build over in Kumasi. Our, our donors have been so generous to mm. grasp the vision of what might happen. Mm. Education transforms destinies. It's true. There, uh, a child in any country, mm. but a child in West Africa in a small village mm. with a second, third grade education, mm. really what, what is the hope for their destiny? They're, they're limited in what they can accomplish. Yes, it's true. Every, every job is valuable. I don't, I don't dismiss that. Mm. But if they want to fulfill their destiny and do something significant with their lives, education is indispensable. Is the key. It's the key. So it is very helpful. Um, then we also expanded the church work from Angomaso to the other places, through the crusades we were having. And then uh, you came with the idea of helping us to start a Bible school. And you send us teachers from here pastors and leaders, including you, you come and then we gather young men and then, you know, we teach them for two years, then they graduate and then go and start churches. So now we have 40 active churches with buildings, with pastors, uh, uh, mission houses for all of these. And uh, apart from Ghana, where we have about 20, we have some in Togo, we have uh, Benin. We are building a second church in Benin currently. And then we have Burkina Faso, where we have our six churches. And then Côte d'Ivoire, uh, which is our neighbors to our uh, western side of Ghana. It's really been amazing to me to watch it grow and to see. And now, now we have the transfer of leadership yes you and i are the old gray heads now <laughs> it's hard to uh, it's hard to grasp we yeah. we were such young yeah. young men when we started together in 1982 yes and now uh, it's come time for me i i told the board at global servants i wanted to surrender the presidency i mm. want to continue to preach i'm traveling mm. at a very fast rate i preach write books teach mm. do the podcast mm. obviously but I just didn't want to be the president anymore. And they elected our son, Travis mm. Rutland, as the president of Global Servants. Mm. And about that time, 
you made the same decision for West Africa. Yes, it's true. So we brought in Daniel Adan, who is here with us. And Daniel, uh, who's here in the studio with us, is the new West, West Africa African director. director yes. So my son and your son mm. are now coordinating together for the work in West Africa. Yes, I always tease him and Travis that when they were young, they were chasing lizards. Yes. Now the Lord has called them to come and bring his souls to his kingdom. <laughs> I remember those <laughs> boys running around the mission compound with sticks chasing those lizards. <laughs> I, I didn't know either one of them would ever amount to anything. Yes, now they have their Bible to go and chase men and teach them about Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. Maybe we'll paraphrase the Bible. I will make you a catcher of lizards. <laughs> Well, Sammy, it's just so wonderful to have you here in the podcast studio and to have you here in the United States. Thank you for a life well lived, for your leadership in Ghana. There, there are people all over Ghana mm. who know the name of Sammy Odano Thank from you. your time with Scripture Union and yes. the last 35 years or so with Global Servants with Trinity Foundation Ghana. Mm. I appreciate you. I love you very much. Thank, Thank you, you for being with us on the podcast today. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this interview with Sammy Odano, former international director in West Africa for Trinity Foundation, a subsidiary of Global Servants. Next week, we're going to hear an interview with our son, Travis, and the current national director or international director there in West Africa, Sammy's son, Daniel. So next week, I'll be interviewing my son, Travis, and Sammy's son, Daniel, the next generation of leadership internationally for global servants and for West Africa. Until next week, then, this is Mark Rutland, and this has been The Leader's Notebook. You've been listening to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review today's podcast. You can follow Dr. Rutland on Twitter at Dr. Mark Rutland or visit his website, drmarkrutland.com. Join us next week for another episode of The Leader's Notebook.